Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Got lucky today. Got two of the kitty cats with us. <clears throat> Nickel's the white and gray one. Dime is the black one. Of course, they won't face the camera, but eh. All right, let's read some stories. And sorry if you hear the uh, air conditioner going in the background here. Uncle Reddit don't like to sweat. Fixes aren't always technical. Back in the day, I led a desk side support team at the HQ of a major NGO. The new CTO was full of buzzwords, and the organization just lived and died by metrics. This was fine, except for some reason the positions allocated to my team never seemed to get filled, and we were well below the industry norm for technical staff per employee supported. Our case closure rate reflected this dramatically. The queue had the typical ratio of 80% trivial, repetitive issues to 20% real technical issues, but without more bodies it never seemed to get smaller, so I decided that if I couldn't get staff I'd try something different. I exported the ticket DB and sorted it by caller to come up with the list of our frequent flyers, mostly department admins entering tickets for other users, plus a few technical basket cases. I then sent them all an invitation to a brown bag lunch gripe session, and sure enough, 90% of them showed up. We had a long, candid discussion of what they saw as problems and how those problems looked from the tech support side. Many of them were genuinely surprised to hear our side of the story, and many of them asked really good questions that revealed where our training and outreach had broken down. I ended up doing a couple of these before my manager heard about them and shut them down. She didn't like being out of the loop, but I knew that the presence of management in the room would have shut the conversation right down. It did a wonderful job of reducing the number of tickets coming in and made our queue look lots better in short order. And then, of course, when the time came, my manager threw me under the bus. But that's another story. Yeah, just leave it to management, man. You come up with a solution, or at least at least a way to mitigate some of the extraneous tickets and calls, and yeah, of course they're going to be upset. They want control, but they don't want to actually do anything. Good for you for trying, OOP. Holding the mouse correctly. In college, in the mid-90s, I lived next to a woman who worked at the local ISP. She told me that they would regularly get calls for general computer help, and occasionally got calls about people's cup holder, yeah, CD tray. For years, I just figured these stories were the IT equivalent of snipe hunts or sending the first-year Boy Scout to the quartermaster for a smoke bender. Then, after college, I got asked to give someone a tutorial on their Mac that they'd just bought. I wasn't in IT at the time, but the person I got recommended by knew I used a Mac and was pretty savvy with it. I showed up at the guy's house, and he invites me into his office. He explains that he's starting some business. I've forgotten in the years since what the business was. Anyway, he also says that whoever he talked to about how to start his business had told him to go with a Mac since it'd be easier to learn and use, etc. For someone as unfamiliar with computers as he was. So he'd gone out and bought the top of the line Mac for the time, and Apple at this time was selling the mouse where essentially the entire top of the mouse was the button. I don't know how many folks here will remember them. It was a wired optical mouse. Essentially, it was hinged at the back where your palm would rest, had two fixed places on the sides for your fingers to grip it, and then the entire top side was the button. After getting the small talk out of the way, he says the first thing he wants to address is why the mouse doesn't work very well at all. He really has to smash it to get it to click sometimes, and the mouse isn't going where he expects. I tried my absolute best to not make him feel like an idiot by both explaining how a mouse works and turning it the right direction, with the cord pointed forward. Well, good on OP for trying to do it gently and, like you said, not make him look like an idiot. 
I could see back in the day a lot of people getting confused. Maybe. I don't know. To me, it always seemed natural to have the cord pointed away from me. But also, Windows mice, uh, a lot of them in the beginning had a split button in the front, right and left. No scroll wheel or anything. So it sort of made it a little more obvious to me, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe I just got lucky or somebody showed me and I don't remember. But anyway, at least you gave it a shot and uh, tried to be gentle with it. That's that's the key. As long as they're not a jerk, give them the benefit of the doubt. It never ceases to amaze me. How many folks have zero idea how anything works? We have a small remote desktop farm of three servers that we use to run a few lob apps. Every user in our company has a PC or laptop, and about 50% of them have to log into remote desktop to access these apps. There's an RDP icon named Company Remote Desktop on everyone's desktop. If they delete it, it gets recreated on the next login. This past weekend, we did a major update to one of these apps. The update required we reset everyone's app password to a generic temp password, and it forced them to reset upon login. An email was sent out with detailed instructions. Log into Company Remote Desktop and launch new app name. When it asks for username and password, enter your username in all caps and temp password, spelled just like that, temp password. After you log in, you will be prompted to change that password before you can do any work. This launched a number of emails to support. I'll bet the percentage was in the mid-20s of folks who couldn't figure this out. That temp password isn't working for me when I go to log into the app. User sends screenshot of remote desktop login box. What is my app username? I tried my email address, but it didn't work. We didn't change usernames. These have been in place since the start and have remained unchanged in 10 plus years. Login to app isn't working, says username is unknown. User entered username in all lowercase, even though they know it's all caps and we specified it in the email. Password for app isn't working. Email says password is temp password, but I entered temp password and it's not working. Speaks for itself. So they misspelled temp password, didn't capitalize the T or the P, yeah, or add an E for temp. Amazing. Gotta slow down and self-edit there, folks. I understand not everyone's a computer genius, but it really surprises me that after years upon years of working here, they still can't tell the difference between their local PC desktop and the remote desktop and app and remote desktop. It's all the same to them. Yeah, it's amazing when you give somebody very explicit instructions through email and they misspell, they don't add caps where they're supposed to, they just ignore it. Or they think they've typed it right, but they don't slow down enough to read what they've actually typed and like self-edit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Some people just need their hand held through everything, like everything. Escalate this now. Try escalating yourself off a cliff. User sends in an issue about being unable to upload a file to a specific folder they supposedly own in our cloud software. As expected, they're incredibly vague about it. I ask for clarification and the user claims they are not able to move the file into the folder for whatever reason. No biggie. I give a laundry list of potential issues and solutions. They shoot down each one. Since they're having an issue with the software, I suggest that she try reinstalling it from our catalog. Alarm bells go off when they insist that it's IT's responsibility. I explain that we only install software in very specific circumstances. Sure enough, the alarm bells turn into a five alarm fire. They go off in text capsing and telling me my information is irrelevant and redundant, exclamation marks necessary, and that they want this escalated to a high-level, sick technician who can actually fix my problem. One of the techs on the IT teams who'd been watching laughs and offers to step in to, well, escalate. I gladly hand it off thinking I did stop there. 
They demand escalations, ignoring the text pleas to send them screenshots or follow specific instructions for the escalation to properly happen. Again, and again, and again. When the tech finally got enough information to warrant the escalation, the team that handles the cloud software in question tells the user to wait a little more while they review permissions. Instead, the user closes the ticket and immediately opens a new one. It goes to one of the nicest guys in any of the teams, like, really nice. Angry, misanthropic engineer refuses to elaborate on why tickets regarding the communication software he's in charge of are getting kicked back to the rest of us. He sends a friendly email to him, and the managers swoop in when the email gets ignored. People forget to reassign tickets to themselves. Always a polite reminder, without fail, even though it's a huge pet peeve for the rest of us. User demands a call. The tech obliges. The tech is subjected to a 45-minute stream of invective. How dare he mess up the software program? How dare he suggest solutions? The user already tried again and again. How dare they make this hard on poor Whittle users and how this company should be ashamed of itself on how it treats users over customers? How dare they ignore their request to escalate and how he must not be doing his job and thus should be ashamed and it got worse from there. I believe the user screamed themselves hoarse. The tech has never had a bad word from anyone, even the aforementioned angry engineer, but when I spoke to him a few days after the event, he grimaced and said, that user has issues. Right after lunch, I've got a call scheduled between all the techs involved, all the other techs involved with the user's other tickets, and our managers. We're getting three levels of managers above the user's head involved too. Well, no solution. Should have wrote that story after the phone calls or the meetings. I guess I'll have to go back and check on that one. Yeah, it's amazing. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. Me first. I don't want to do the work. It's your job. How dare you inconvenience me by asking me to help come up with a solution. Right. Vertical Video Video. I work for a managed service provider that handles schools. There's a newer coworker that really hasn't grasped what computers and technology are and how they interact with each other. Not a big fan of work in general. But man, when it's time to smoke a cigarette, the world can burn while it's time to puff. On to the story, and it's a quick one. Receptionist is watching a video that's filmed vertically, and my <laughs> oh my god, I see where this is going. And my coworker is called to assist. Can you make it so the video plays full screen and not like this? Asks the receptionist. Without skipping a beat, coworker grabs her monitor and begins physically rotating it like a big phone, not ironically. She stops immediately and says to not worry about it. She'll resolve it on her own. Satisfied with his weaponized incompetence, the idiot rides into a cigarette-smoke-filled sunset. Receptionist just finished telling me the story and my jaw has not left the floor. Hope you enjoyed. I've seen a lot of people have issues with uh, video orientation over the years, and it seems to get worse and worse. It doesn't matter if it's on a cell phone, tablet, laptop, whatever. Uh, even shooting videos. I've seen so many people that don't understand how to shoot a video, portrait, landscape, whatever, or they'll start uh, on some social media apps. If you start your video in portrait mode, you can't turn it while you're recording or live streaming. It stays in that orientation. You have to start it in the orientation that you want it to film in. So film, eh, show my age. But anyway, you know what I mean, video. The D helped me solve an odd problem today. Got a ticket today from a user having issues when accessing folders. While visiting with her and gathering information on the issue, her coworker flagged me down to show me an issue she was facing. In our custom app, which we accessed through a web browser, all of the text on an order was missing. The typical UI was still intact, but the text was gone, vanished from the page. 
Other orders were unaffected by this on her computer. It was really odd, so I asked her to share with me the order number so I could take a look at it when I went back to my desk. She copied the page into her email she was going to send as a help desk ticket and was surprised to see that the text for this order now appeared on screen in the email. I asked her to switch web browsers just to be sure this wasn't some incompatibility issue she was experiencing. Same thing happened on the other web browser as well. I went back to my desk shortly thereafter and checked the same order. It looked the same on my computer as well. I discovered that if you scrolled in the right direction, the text was there, just way off screen where it shouldn't be, and was really off center. I tried clicking around to edit the order, but saw nothing that stood out to me to explain the issue. Then I checked the notes section and all looked good there, at first. Then I scrolled to the bottom and all seemed fine, so I scrolled back up. But something caught my eye, so I scrolled back down and saw a faint line in the text, stretching all the way off screen. That didn't seem right. This notes section is like Notepad, where it wraps around itself at a certain point and we don't use lines in here. So I scrolled to the right following the line and discovered a lone D at the end. I scrolled back to the beginning where I saw the word wreck before this faint line. It finally clicked for me. Someone entered a note here to say received R-E-C apostrophe D as in received and seemingly laid on the apostrophe key. Deleted all the apostrophes except one and then saved the note. Refreshed the page and the order was back to how it should appear. All thanks to a D for helping me notice an inconsistency. Good for you, man. That probably would have taken me ages to find that. I would have never thought to scroll all the way to the bottom of the notes section. Sometimes you just got to keep digging until the answer jumps right out and smacks you in the head. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.